Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Glory Glory Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Quinn, and joining me today is Bruce. Great to have you back on, mate. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, not not here under the greatest of, of circumstances. Um, so much going on uh, on and off the pitch with Manchester United. Um, many ways typical of last season with starting off the season with two home wins and two away losses. Um, same pattern as last year and losing two games away from home against the so-called big teams as well. Um, albeit against Arsenal, I mean, everything went against us. I'll say it again, it was not offside. Um, don't care what VR tries to tell me. And first, I want to get your thoughts on the, the fact that in European leagues, and the Champions League, they use an automated offside system where basically artificial intelligence tells you if it's offside or not. Whereas in England, they still have officials manually drawing lines. Um, and who's to say they're drawing the lines even when it leaves the you know, the, the person who, who's credited with the assist? Who's, who's to say they're drawing the lines when the ball is actually at the exact millisecond when the ball is leaving that person's foot? You know, this is not an exact science. And I think the, the benefit of the doubt should go to the attacking team. And Orson Wenger, who works for FIFA, recently proposed that, rather ironically, um, that it should be onside if any part of the attacker's body is level with any part of the defender's body that, that you can score a goal with. So that's quite interesting. Hopefully in the future that is implemented. Now, I've got to say, any team now for the rest of the season that has a big goal chalked off or any goal chalked off where it's so where well, you're talking about fingernails i'm going to have i'm going to be very sympathetic towards them well not if it's liverpool i'll, I'll still laugh but <laughs> yeah apart from that um you, there were so many subjective decisions that went against united everybody knows what they are the potential gabriel file on evans the gabriel file potential file on hoyland the saka tackle on bruno which was only a yellow and Casemiro would have got a red. Um, so it just wasn't our day, really, was it, in that game? No, absolutely not. Um, anything and everything that could have went against us did, unfortunately. And at the end of it, I just feel as if the scoreline flatters them. Yeah, 100%. I think even the most diehard Arsenal fan would admit that the scoreline flattered them. Not that uh, we were brilliant, but... Arsenal were nothing special and uh, it, it felt for all the world that after 89 minutes that we had the game won early. Maybe they would have they, they would have scored if, even if Garnacho's goal stood, but I don't think he would have lost the game. Um, so, yeah, I suppose now people are probably sick of me ranting about it. I suppose we just have to it move just, on. It, it, the, the thing is, though, it totally shifts the momentum, doesn't it? When a goal like that, in those circumstances, in those dying minutes, when it gets chalked off, yeah, yes, that's exactly what happened. And once the eight minutes came up on the board, I just had a bad feeling that Arsenal were going to score. Um, mm. Because <laughs> if you had in the factor that both our starting centre-halves came off and been replaced with Maguire and Johnny Evans, I thought it's going to be a struggle to yeah. keep Arsenal out here. Uh, and that's exactly how it proved. Um, although some of our counter-attacks were wonderful. Obviously, Granato had the ball in the back of the net, but... There was other ones where Rashford uh, was running free um, on the left-hand side. And sometimes Rashford does this, head down and heads towards the goal, looking for the shot. When 
Rasmus had caught up with him, showed great speed. All Rashford had to do was pick him out in the middle, and it's a goal, but he didn't do that. You know, Rashford decision-making is still an issue at the age of 25, nearly 26. Um, I know Rashford scored a beautiful goal, what an assist by Ericsson, but again, Rashford is kind of pulling out of challenges again. Um, even he did that in the build-up to Jesus' goal. Um, he, he's afraid of getting hurt. I don't like to see it that. Was, it was, was his his mistake that le- eventually led to Jesus's goal. Yeah, um, and I mean, you see him going. He never goes in for a fifty-fifty because he he's afraid of getting hurt. You know, in this country, there's a slang term for that called a lapper, and you lapped out of it, you bastard. Um, and that's what, <laughs> that's what Rashford does. Shanshu does that as well. And um, they're not brave players. Um, hate to see that. I know we always use Roy Keane as an example. You never see him pulling out of a challenge. Yeah. Um, but and that's you'd you'd expect your 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 striker to be diving into challenges all the time. It's more of a midfield defender type thing. But you don't want to see him always you no know, pulling out. You want to see 100 percent commitment even from one of your forwards. Um. Yeah. So this was not a great day for Manchester United. And the worst part about it is that. We have two weeks to our next game. Um, well, it's only one week now, I suppose. But, yeah, it, it makes you stew on it. You're thinking about it. And you you quickly just want to get to another game and move on. So you're, any manager in the game would tell you that as well. Once you've suffered a loss or a setback or you're aggrieved about refereeing decisions, you want to have another game three or four days later so you can just put that behind you. But obviously it's come at the worst time. Um, but... What we're primarily here to talk about is the off-the-field issues, which have been dominating the headlines for United. Um, I'm going to start off with Sancho versus Ten Hag. Um, I feel like we've watched this movie before um, with Ten Hag and Ronaldo. Um, probably less dramatic this time. You know, Ten Hag's comments following the game about Sancho basically not tra- training well enough to be- make the squad at the Emirates just seemed like a didn't really seem like a big deal at the time until Sancho's response came out on social media, which is totally unprecedented. Now, he's, he's claiming that uh, what basically the, the, he's saying that what the manager said isn't true. That's almost like questioning the integrity of the manager. Um, he's, he's saying that he's been made a scapegoat, which is very, very interesting indeed. Um, Sancho using that language again because Sancho has precedent for doing this. Um, and I... A lot, a lot of people in the last hour or so are sharing the David Ornstein tweet from November 2019 when Sancho was at Dortmund. They lost 4-0 to Bayern, I think, and he was substituted maybe before halftime because of, because of his performance. And this exclusive from David Ornstein in November 2019 reads as follows. Jaden Sancho felt humiliated, stroke scapegoated, stroke unprotected by Dortmund post-Bayern loss and Dortmund's public comments. Um, and then he goes on to say his current summer options are Barcelona, Liverpool, United, Real Madrid, no preference yet. Man City want to be kept informed, no Chelsea contact. So it seems, and we know from, I mean, from right from the beginning at Dortmund, um, there was disciplinary issues. Turning up late to team meetings is a pattern. Um, he, uh, in the Euro 21 for England, when he wasn't selected for the first game, a he, he, he stopped giving his all in training and he only started one game in the Euro 21 which was the quarterfinal against Ukraine which was a, a routine victory for England and he only started that game because Saka was injured um, so there's a pattern here with turn up late to team meetings 
on downing tools in training. And that seems like we, we're, we've reached that moment again. Now, there's a, I know Phil De Bruyne on his podcast says that he had, he had heard uh, stories last week that Chelsea were trying to top up Jaden and maybe his head had been turned and that's why he wasn't training well enough. So this, if Tin Hag is now calling him out in public, it uh, doesn't sound good. It seems like we're getting close to the end of the road uh, for Jaden at uh, Manchester United and it seems as if he will probably leave the club in, in January. How do you see it, Brush? Oh, where do we begin? Uh, for once, I wish we could just go into an international break and relax. But, you know, there's always always misery that follows being a United fan. Be uh, our players going off and flirting with the idea of moving to another club or, or this kind of nonsense. Um I think it's been blown way out of proportion uh, by sections of the media. Um, regarding Ten Hag's initial comments, I, I back the manager. Obviously, we've seen him supported all throughout last season. Ten Hag even sending him away for a couple of months, uh, you know, due to his mental health and whatnot. Come back, even in pre-season, he played. Um, so for him to do this now, I think... He was basically just answering a very straightforward question when asked. Um, could he have protected the player? Yes. But could he also have been trying to get a reaction out of Jaden? I, I also think that is true. I think maybe, you know, he's tried the carrot and maybe it's time for the stick kind of uh, approach is what he was hoping for. Um, you know, because sometimes criticism or anything of that nature can, uh, can you know, put a battery in your back to try and prove the manager wrong or whatever. And unfortunately, he has responded, but not in the way that Ten Hag would have been hoping for. Um, I think that is very reminiscent of, uh, of the current generation in this day and age. Uh, they just take to social medias and put out their own statements, don't they? Um, they can't hold on to anything, which then spirals and it looks worse because it seems as if there's no authority at the club. We saw it under Ralph Ragnick uh, when he had made comments about Martial and then Martial put out a statement. Um, this isn't exclusive just to United. Um, I remember at Euro 2020 uh, after the final um, there was question marks on, on whether Jack Grealish should or why he didn't volunteer to take a penalty. And then Jack released his own statement saying, nope, uh, nope, I, I offered uh, to take a penalty. It's not the case. So I just think we're in a generation now where they just can't take any sort of criticism aimed at them. Um, so instead of letting things lie, uh, there is no authoritative structure as such. Everyone just wants to protect themselves, really. Yeah, I think what's happened is Tin Hag, for the whole of the last 12 months, has tried to put an arm around the player and get a, get the best out of him that way. Yeah. That hasn't that hasn't worked. So now uh, Tin Hag has taken to play, playing his last card, which is basically criticising him in public in the hope that he gets a positive reaction. Exactly. And then obviously, he, you know, I mean, I guess you have to factor in that the reaction you get isn't going to be positive as well, but... He was probably hoping that for the other, you know. Yeah. Um, 
if it, Ten Hag might be well versed on uh, Sancho's previous behaviour with, with Dortmund and England, mm-hmm. so he might have expected a bad reaction, but was hoping for better. Um, at the moment, it doesn't look good. Um, when when Sancho's unhappy and feels that he's a scapegoat, which I disagree with, by the way, um, he tends to leave and go somewhere else. Yeah, way, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's been scapegoated in terms of that language, like you mentioned. You know, we've seen uh, previous with him uh, regarding that aspect of things. Um, but what really hasn't helped, though, I think, is uh, is the aftermath. Because we're United, obviously, you know, everything at this club is magnified. Um, Rob Dawson, in particular, uh, released a lot of statements yesterday, which were a whole bunch of nonsense. Um, and what I felt was like a very poor attempt now at character assassination when it comes to Jaden. Um, you know, with certain leaks and quotes on how he is as a person, and none of that really tells me anything, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's it's certainly not what we needed with you know the ownership situation and things not going well on the pitch. And yeah, we have other off the field issues which we'll get into. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, the ideal template for him to follow. Uh, I know everyone's different, right? So you can't expect this, but. Wambisaka. Let's take a look at Aaron Wambisaka as a prime example of someone who didn't kick up a fuss, who large parts of the fan base, myself included, up until January, I thought his his United career was done. Because um, whilst at the World Cup, I remember we had a friendly with Cadiz uh, late in December, and he looked atrocious in that game to the point where I was wondering, geez, I don't even know who's going to come in for a loan in Jan for his services. And, you know, not once did he complain, no statements to the media, just kept his head down and worked hard and worked his way back into the manager's plans. Yeah, um, 100%. Um, and just on that, I thought Juan Bissaka was robbed of the August Player of the Month award at United. It was given to Bruno for one performance against Forrest, but I felt... Yeah. Over the course of the three games, it should have been Arn won Basaka who was given the award. But we know, but you know, yeah, but you know that Carline. Anyone who's an offensive player, anyone who you know will score an assist, will always get preferential treatment when it comes to things like that. Yeah, yeah, because especially with the online fan base, who are the voters? Yeah, yeah, and obviously with Wambi, because he doesn't provide assists and things, you know, the rest of the contributions go under the radar. Yeah, if it was someone like Trent, uh, he would probably have more yeah. chance of winning the award uh, at, for, at his club. Yeah, or even like a Malagusto at Chelsea, because I know against Luton, he, you know, he got two assists. Yeah, uh, 1B will get assists, but not, not as much as the, nah. the the attacking fullbacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so he's actually played so well that now he's going to be given a new contract with improved terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's out of contract at the end of the, the end of this season. Yeah. So um, it looks like he's going to be given uh, an extension with uh, apparently a hundred grand a week extra. So it'll be ah. see, Is that too the, much. The, the, the extension itself, I have no problem with. But um, yeah, a hundred grand more is ridiculous, and this is the kind of thing that we need to start getting away from at this club. Yeah, I mean, that is obviously media reports. We don't know. Yeah. Very accurate that is. Um, yeah, was the only thing we've. Really uh, got and this is and this is another thing, Carl. With Jaden, he's on three fifty a week, uh, and and we discussed this before on here on how 
it's problematic to put such young players on such big, big wages. Yeah, you mentioned the the current generation of of young people. Yeah. Now, now we have millionaire footballers at just sixteen years old. Yeah. Is it any wonder we have disciplinary issues? And yeah, it's very, very frustrating. I know we, we were saying to go with fogies now, but you know it's the truth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't see any way back now, really. Um. Sancho hasn't demonstrated the maturity that would see him get himself back into the United first team on scoring goals and getting assists. I think his mind now will be on moving, based on what we've seen before. Um. um way, I'm still going to give it the benefit of doubt, you know, because I, I still think this isn't beyond repair i think the media over the last couple of days have really tried to milk the story and make it a lot bigger than it is yeah but it's Manchester united and you've had the manager criticize a player on sky sports and then the player responding on social media within an hour you know that's going to be a huge story Mm -hmm. especially going into the the thing is though this season we we said before didn't we that this season was going to be crucial for him anyway um so, you know, there was always the risk that at the end of this season we would lose him. When it's got off to the worst possible start. Um, I think there's also an element that he's, he's frustrated that he hasn't started a league game this season. I, I think that could be it as well. I think also the fact that we did use him in pre-season in that false nine position and he was playing and then the season starts and he's dropped. So he might feel a type of way about that as well. Yeah, yeah. if we want to offer an opinion from his point of view, mm-hmm. um, he has watched... Martial and Anthony start ahead of him this season and they have produced almost nothing from yep. an attacking point of view and and then he was left out of the squad altogether for the first And season. I'll tell you what, from his point of view, towards the end of last season, we started to see glimpses, he was coming good and then in the summer, even with the positional changes in the preseason with the false nine uh, we, we saw glimpses of him you know, doing well but one thing you can't do when things aren't going well for you is to down tools in training, which was Tin Hag is more or less alleging. Um, you can't respond like that. You know, players with the character to make it at this level or players who train um, extra hard whenever they're not playing. Um, now, you never hear... Now we've we've of, often complained in this show about the lack of game time for Palestri. You never yeah. hear anything in the media about him um, mm-hmm. complaining about it or social media posts contradicting the manager. You never see anything like that. Um, so, yeah, this is not good. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's what I think as well. I mean, I say generational. Uh, it's a generational thing, but obviously Palestri is a young man too. So, you know. Yeah, there are obviously exceptions. and Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, let's see how it, it, it trans, you know, how it works itself out. But, uh, at the moment, um, something drastic would have to change for Sancho to still be here this time next year. Um, it, another thing that may, maybe there was a, a list that came out. It was one of the Daily Mail journalists um, put a, a list in the summer of who was for sale and who wasn't. Um, and Sancho was listed as, you know, you know, they're not actively looking to sign him, but if someone offered 45 million, they would consider it. Mm. And maybe he was offended by that as well. Um, that you would, you didn't see Bruno, Rashford, Casemiro, Ericsson, Martinez on that list, they weren't for sale, um, at any cost. Whereas 
he was considered sellable if the right offer came in. So maybe he just felt unwanted with that too. If that, yeah, but then again, it's just a just a media perhaps. Report. But whilst you're under contract at a club, you know, I expect you to keep a certain level of professionalism. Yeah, um, he also, I believe, at uh, Manchester City, um, he didn't want to sign a new contract because uh, he wanted guaranteed playing time. He was going to get from Guardiola, and he to force the remove to Dortmund, he actually refused to train. So, you know, he's a lot of history of ill discipline and not letting himself down. Um, And again, in terms of this kind of stuff, this is why it's very important to do your due diligence on who you're signing. This is one of the things that we touched uh, on before as well under Fergie, where Fergie it wasn't just about your footballing ability, he would look into the kind of person that he was getting, the characters. Yeah, well. That brings me on to Ten Hag. I, I don't want this to be a, like a character assassination of Ten Hag or anything like that, but I just, I'm just going to pose the question. Um, is Ten Hag a pure judge of character or does he just not care who he has in his team as long as they have the ability? He, does, he, does he just not care about you know, they're, if, they're, if they're corrupt in any way? But as long as they're good, then he'll have them in the team. In in, in the modern age of, uh, of of football management, it's very difficult to put everything on the manager. Um, I think it's important to have the right structure above him. Uh, and that's something that we obviously lack. And I think that's where a lot of these issues stem from. Um, so if you had a strong, competent DOF and the right structure above him, I think it would have helped him out. At Ajax as well, like it wasn't just him identifying players. You know, he worked in tandem with Mark Overmars and Edwin van der Sar. Uh, regarding, um, you know, the, the, the moral aspects of character and things, um, yeah, I do think in this day and age, a lot of people just look at winning above most other things. I just want to come on to my examples. And Mark Overmars is one of them because I mm. believe at, at, at Ajax, when Overmars was 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 being accused of sleazy behaviour, and yep. he was back, he was backed by Ten Hag. Ten Hag wanted him to stay in that yep. role. Um, Marko Winautovic, um, Ten Hag wanted to sign him, mm-hmm. and it had been well documented that he was a racist and a misogynist allegedly. Um, and again, the club wanted to go through with it as well. I think it was only due to the backlash that they pulled out of that one. Um, Mason, who's now on loan at Getafe. Uh, I believe that they were looking to introduce him back into the squad again before the backlash. Um, so it's just very poor all around. Yeah, it's it, it seems as if yeah, Ten Hag wanted to have Greenwood in the squad too, and I can see why from a f- pure footballing point of view, um, especially with the the lack of options in the striker area. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it does it does seem like. Um, Ten Hag just doesn't care about, you know, you know stuff that goes on off the field. He just wants the the best um, resources at his disposal, um, and just isn't really interested in what people get up to off the field. But mm-hmm. um, we obviously think differently as fans. Well, many of us anyway. We just want to see, you know, and maybe we just expect too much. That we well, it has to be a minimum standard. Actually, you know, we we can't yeah. have uh, players, you know. Uh, doing you know, uh, and coming... again, this all this is all stuff that comes from the top down. So yeah. you know, if you set out what exactly your standards are and you adhere to that, 
uh, and you sign players according to that, then that will then, you know, trickle yeah. down and continue. The only standard there is at the top of the club is is if it makes money, it makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. they, they given they, the only thing they care about in terms of Greenwood is the his value. Um, because he's like, uh, you know, in January 2022, he was a hundred million pound player. They are not going to let him go for free. Um, yeah. So Tin Hag was given the option to either loan him out or, or integrate him back into the squad. And in the end, they've done both because not only have they loaned him out, they have not ruled. If you if you read that statement from Richard yeah. Arnold, they have not ruled out the possibility of bringing him back one day. No. So. Yeah, uh, and I believe yeah, because he's going into the final twelve months of his contract. But I believe the club have a one-year option now. Depending on how he gets on at Getafe, I reckon we'll probably see them exercise that option, either to bring him back or to sell. But they'll definitely exercise that option. Yeah, um, the, the the club want a scenario where they can give him a five-year contract and and bring him back into the first team, but. I do not see the protests against him going away. In a- yeah, neither do I, to be honest. It's, it's one of those. Um, in which case, they'll probably look to sell him, but I don't think they'll release him for free. I fully expect them to utilise that one-year option they have. And look look at the reaction from the Getafe fans, the young people. They can't believe their luck mm-hmm. that they've got a player as good yeah. as that um, in their ranks, uh, at least for a season anyway. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be opportunities for him abroad. Now, there's a good example of um, there's a rugby player, an Irish rugby player, Paddy Jackson, who was uh, he was on trial for for rape and he was acquitted. Um, mm. But a lot of his misogyny came out in the trial, and mm. he wasn't able to go back and play for Ulster due to protests. So he went to France and played rugby and made and made a good career over there. So. This is what Greenwood maybe is going to have to do. He's going to have yeah. to go abroad and you know um, get a career there. And you know, he, you know, he could go to multiple places in Europe, um, or he go to Saudi Arabia. So he's still going to have a career, um, no matter what happens. I, I, I yeah. think. Um, yes, but just as we got sort of you know temporarily get rid of that messy situation, then there's a, there was more on the horizon. Um, so Anthony, um has been uh, accused oh before by... we even get into that car in between that in sandwiched in between the two uh, that there was sancho followed by the news that amrabat was injured and out for six weeks then reports came out that he wasn't injured then he's traveling uh with the moroccan team and now it's been confirmed that he is injured <laughs> yeah but then there's a report saying it's not really that serious it's just a precaution. yeah yeah, so we don't I really think, oh, oh, yeah, but then obviously, like, unfor- we've been unfortunate with injuries, uh, two new signings on arrival, so it doesn't uh, doesn't set a good trend where, yes. when multiple people are arriving mm-hmm. injured, uh, questions are going to be yeah, asked but... of the medical staff and how they're getting well, on and whatnot. You can't blame the medical staff for Ten Hag's training methods for Amrabat mm-hmm. because he hasn't mm-hmm. been near Carrington. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So... You've no, in terms to... of in, in terms of passing the medical and that, like you know, they'll probably have questions regarding the assessments that are done with these players as they're coming in. But Daphne and Ed have a recent history of flagging up things in medicals and signing the player yeah. anyway, and then signing the player anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because uh, obviously, with Hoyland, he had a back issue. Amrabat's arrived; he's got a back Varane. issue. Varane, yeah, yeah, Varane. We knew about his history. 
apparently in Varane's medical, there was a knee problem or something was flagged up mm-hmm. and signed him anyway. Yeah. That's it's stupidity. I think um, Real Madrid knew that they'd, they'd seen the best of him. They, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, they used him for, what, 10, 10, 11 years? And that that was the time to cash in because yeah. he was going to miss chunks of the season. From And as he get older, it's going to get worse, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely uh, an issue with United signing injured players, as well as players not being able to adopt the training methods, it seems. Um, yeah. And they're dropping like flies. Um, Shaw, Shaw has an awful injury record. Although of late, it had been uh, much improved in, until now. Mm-hmm. Mason Mount actually does have a wee history of injuries. Last season, he had a, a few... Um, so it's not that surprising, and I suppose, yeah, there was double sessions, I believe, at the uh, in preseason, yeah, and they've all just started to drop like flies. Unfortunately, with and we've had to even bring in an emergency left back, uh, because in, in Regulon, yeah, and even that, how we arrived at that was a bit mental as well, because obviously we were first linked with Cucurella, um, mm, and, yeah, and but... different and different profile of players, both of them uh, at different stages <laughs> in their careers as well. Um, cause I was initially, I was taken aback by the Cucurella one. Cause I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, this is a player who just went to Chelsea last season for 62 million pounds. There's no way he's going to, they're just going to give him up for loan. Like they're going to want a significant loan fee. And I'm guessing there would also be some kind of obligation or option to buy. Um, so it kind of caught me off guard that one. So then they wasted time on that one. And then that one fell through and then regular arrives, bargain basement. Yeah, well, uh, Cucurella complicated the situation by playing mm. for Chelsea, Chelsea in the League Cup, which yeah. means that he can, now he's already played for one team this season. Mm-hmm. He can only play for one more. And United wanted to have a clause where they can send him back in January. Yep. If United did that, it means he, they couldn't loan him out again or sell him yeah. to anyone else in January. So um, that was... And yeah, and it was kind of crazy because a player like that, obviously they're not going to, you know, they're not going to give into those kind of terms. It would have had to have been with a set fee and either an obligation or an option to buy, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's gone now. We've got Regulon, yeah. Spurs' yeah. third choice left back. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be our third choice left back as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'd imagine he'll be. <laughs> I'd imagine he'll be behind Shaw and Malassia when Malassia is back. Unless he's absolutely exceptional, he's going yeah. to be sent sent back in January. Yeah, yeah, I think they they were insistent on that break clause, weren't they? So they can terminate in Jan. Um. Yeah, let's see how he gets on. He's certainly good from an attacking point of view. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. In his early days at Spurs, he actually showed quite a bit of promise. Yeah, he 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 played in games where we lost. Both for mm-hmm. Sevilla and Tottenham, this, yep. the six-one at Old Trafford. Sorry, people, um, <laughs> and the Europa League semi-final against Sevilla, which we also lost. But uh, he also, in fact, um, played in the the three-two at Old Trafford for Tottenham, where Ronaldo got the hat trick and Harry Maguire scored an own goal. Regulon actually assisted that own goal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they could. Maybe there could be a situation where he's. Uh, assisting Harry Maguire scoring in the right net um, between now and January, um, but but more importantly than that, um, Regulon's crossing ability could be good for Rasmus Hoyland. That's what I've been. Most definitely. Yeah. This is also why I'd like to see Pelestri because 
you know, on the right-hand side, he plays a more direct game. He looks to cross and get the ball into those dangerous areas within the box. Um, and Hoyland, in the cameo that we saw against Arsenal, um, yeah, I, I, I like what I saw. I saw some good things there. The way he was fearless and taking on Gabriel, uh, his acceleration uh, as well. Um, and over time, I do expect there to be a better relationship with Rashford developing so they understand each other's games a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, tell you what, um, Holland seemed to have an understanding with Garnacho very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, there there are wee signs of, of, of positivity, and we'll get to, get to that at the end. Mm. Very quickly, I just want to mention the Man- the Manchester there He's back with us, and he says, Fecundo time. We've been calling it, but we've wanted yep. Fecundo time for six months. <laughs> yeah, for a long time now. I think it was Leicester City last season at Old Trafford where I was like, ah, why didn't we play him? <laughs> yeah, well, um, Tin Hag has decided to keep him as part of the first team. Yeah. And according to Laurie Whitwell, um, he has been promised more minutes this season. And I'll tell you what, with the current problems with Sancho and Anthony, the door's open for, for Balestri. Yeah, you think he's with all these games coming up, uh, you know, yeah, it's twice a week that he's going to get an opportunity at some point. Well, um, we hope so, we hope so because obviously he likes to protest with Anthony, doesn't he? But we'll come on to that at the very least. He's going to start that game against Crystal Palace in the, in the League Cup. And um, the Manchester also says Anthony and Amrabat also mm. refused to train uh, with their teams um, to force a move. Um, now, Anthony, yes, that's absolutely correct. He refused to train for Ajax. Yeah. Um, Amrabat, um, I know he was left out of training because his his head wasn't in it. I'm not sure if he, you know, actually refused to train. Um, maybe someone might know more than me on that subject. But, yeah, let's, t- let's take Anthony. We know for definite that he did. Yeah, because yeah, I remember we saying, touched on it at the time. It. I remember we touched on it at the time because I wasn't happy with his antics to force his move to United because... It was exactly the kind of thing that Cristiano did in 09 uh, to make sure that he, he went to uh, to Real Madrid. Do you know what? <laughs> now, that's happened so many times now. Um, yeah. Do you see the next time we're after a player yeah. and I'm hearing, I'm hearing that he's refused to train? I don't want mm-hmm. to. Don't want yeah, to. yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely a sign. I, I did try to tell people at the time. It's, it's a sign. That, that kind of thing matters. Um, yeah, with Amrabat, I don't know. I just know that he was turning down everyone left, right, and centre, and he's been wanting to come to us since June. Um, yeah, it's it's really our incompetence as to why it took so long to get him. Yeah, because we couldn't sell anyone and uh, to get it yeah. online. We sold Henderson eventually, and then used that money to to pay the loan fee. Mm. Uh, a ten million euro loan fee is extraordinary, really, and then the obligation to buy then for twenty five million euro, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it just shows you how broke we are. I mean, it's the Glazernomics again. We're bringing in Regulon, Evans, and Amrabat for, for buttons because we've got no money left to spend and we can't okay, sell but, anyone. But again, this is the problem, Carl. This is what happened with the lack of structure, right? Because we did the same thing last year where we overspent our budget on uh, certain players and then we're not left with enough for the rest of the squad and you're <laughs> shopping bargain basement for loans. Um, which is what happened last year because the, the January transfer window was a result of the overspending in the summer. And this summer, we've basically just 
copied that model and fitted it all into just the summer window where we overspent on certain players and then we're scrounging around trying to get anyone through the door for as cheap as possible. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a disgrace. To be honest. And the trouble when you do that as well is that there's such a big difference and drop off in quality from first team to bench. Um, yeah. I mean, so, Maguire and Evans is a hell of a drop off from Varane and Martinez. Uh, this was, well, yeah, I think people had mentioned it was a uh, Leicester starting pairing five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell are they doing at United now? It's, it's, uh, it's mad. A beggar's belief, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, you're the one that broke the Johnny Evans thing to me. When you said it at the time, I laughed. <laughs> I didn't think we'd end up offering him a one-year deal. <laughs> but I could tell as the summer went on, even the more Ten Hag talked him up, the more this was going on. Yeah, happen. yeah, um, yeah. Now, I expected him to play League Cup games. Mm-hmm. Um maybe play against Luton or something like that. Uh, 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 maybe a Champions League dead rubber match at the, in the sixth group game or something. But to see him, like, uh, uh, two days after he signed, he's coming on at the Emirates with the game one each against Arsenal. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, last night for Northern Ireland, he scored an own goal on the goal in the oh, same geez. game. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde performance, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't do that um, for United I'll take the goal but let's hope he doesn't score an own goal um, yeah he's yeah. I, eight years ago when he left um, I was a big critic of him albeit I thought he was better than Jones and Smalling but yeah. at the age of 35 he shouldn't be in United's first team no he what, shouldn't when do we have Dennis Irwin and left back and Gary Neville right back for the next And And uh, talking of Phil Jones, guess who's back? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's, on, coach, he's, he's coaching the under-18s, isn't he? Well, uh, <laughs> apparently he's just observing the coaching. Um, okay. I well, I did mention with him, like, you know, he's not been playing for a couple of years. It would have made sense for him to work on his coaching badges. So I hope he's, yeah. th- that's what he's been doing and that's what he's put into good use. Um, I know well, some career, people did have an playing, issue with it, but career, his playing career yeah. has been ruined. By it. I, I don't care uh, as long as he's not being paid a hundred grand a week. I don't care. It, it, yeah, um, to be honest, like in this capacity, I don't mind, provided he's got his qualifications, and you know, I don't mind him as a coach if if that's what he's pursuing. Yeah, um, I would like to see that work out for him because his playing career has been destroyed by injuries. Yeah. If he could become a successful coach, then that would mm-hmm. be a, a silver lining for him. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And uh, Montague mentioned Chelsea's uh, tran- transfer strategy, which is bonkers and makes us look okay. That's, I suppose that's right. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, two wrongs don't make a right, do they? I mean, no. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, despite uh, their ridiculous. Ridiculous spending over the last 12 months, and it has. It's been absolutely bonkers, their strategy, if you can call it that. I'd say strategy in inverted commas. Um, even with all of that, when I look at the net spend table, we still top it, like, in a negative way. <laughs> yeah, after all the stories about us yep. finally selling players, all we yep. did was yep. we sold Fred 
Elanga, Henderson, and Kovar, um, all for very minimal fees. Yeah. Um, whereas Maguire, McTominay, Martial, all remain. I, I tell you what, Kovar, um, I, I, I was quite happy to have him as a backup, you know. Yeah. He seems like a promising young keeper who won yeah. the Czech League with Sporta Prague last season yep. as the starting goalkeeper. But United yep. have decided to sell him for nine million euros to Bayern Leverkusen. Yep. And then we went and bought uh, the Turkish one, uh, Belinda, who I've never seen play. But you know I'm what? sure come January, he's going to get a chance because our main number one is going to be off at the AFCON. Yeah, that's if Cameroon win their qualifier um, coming up mm. very soon, um, which he's going to be playing in, I think. Uh yeah, I have to say, I don't know much about this Fenerbahce goalkeeper, but somebody yeah. somebody posted a compilation online of all his mistakes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's not good. You know? Okay. <laughs> and I know every goalkeeper makes mistakes, yeah. but these were horrendous howlers. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to judge, isn't it? Because the compilations can make anyone look bad. But yeah, I don't know anything about this keeper. I've never seen him play. Um, you know, like the type of howlers where he he catches the ball and he and he he carries it over the line and then he tries to uh, throw it out. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a bit funny though because he's uh, he's ended up with a number one shirt, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, what's that all about? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've totally uh, f- first Turkish representative of Man United as well, so no pressure, eh? No. <laughs> Yeah, he's got the eyes of a nation on him. Yeah. yeah, poor guy, poor guy. And I can, I, oh, I can't fathom the pressure that's going to be on him come Jan, uh, if if Onana goes off to Afcon, because it's an important time of the season, and he's going to be, just, you know, in the thick of it. And if if Cameroon made it to the final of that tournament, and mm. um, he could be our number one for six weeks. <coughs> yeah, um, I think thankfully the cup games come in in Jan, so. Uh, that kind of negates what happens in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, there'll be less Premier League games. In less general, Premier League yeah. games, yeah, yeah. Because I'd rather have our number one uh, for for the league. He might prove me wrong, but I have yeah. been, I'll be honest. I would rather have either Tom Heaton or Kovar as um, the number two. Mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely Kovar is not going to happen. Heaton, yeah. For some reason, the manager. Co- just yeah, Kovar. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember if they if we put a buyback clause into Kovar, but I hope uh, I hope he does well at Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely either a buyback or a sell-on clause. One of the two. I can't remember mm. which one. Because um, that's what a lot of the smart clubs do now, isn't it? The smart ones they put in both. <laughs> they cover yeah. themselves both ways. With Heaton, like I've always liked him, even when he played against us. Um, he probably had his best ever game against us. Yeah, um, I didn't like him on the day itself, but you know, I no. appreciate his performances. Yeah, um, <laughs> but even in the games he has played for United, be it friendlies or competitive games, he's done really well. Mm-hmm. Tin Hag doesn't seem to like him that much. No, um, he's currently injured, so um, I would probably trust him more than uh, you know, a very young goalkeeper coming in from Turkey, but let's see, you know. Yeah, I mean, with regards to that, like, I'm hoping we'll probably see him in some cup games or, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, He would need a little bit of a run out in anticipation for for Jan. You can't just throw him straight in. 
Oh no, yeah. Well, you'd expect them to start all the League Cup games if we, yeah, yeah. Assuming that we actually make it through the rounds in in the League Cup, but uh, yeah, Montskusner says could have bought Hoyland for peas in January before he settled into the Atlanta team. Yeah, well, it's just done now. Um, yeah. Um, but Anthony, I want to talk about Anthony. Yeah. Um, unfor- unfortunately, um, yeah. You know, He's been accused of domestic violence by a girlfriend, mm. and I also believe that there's he's been left out of the Brazil squad now because of this. Yep. Um, I also believe two, two other women in Brazil have came forward. Yep. This is just seems like a story that's just getting worse by the minute. Um, United have issued a statement without actually making a statement. Um, mm. they haven't, they haven't really done anything. They've just kind of made us known that they're aware of the allegations because they haven't suspended them or anything at the moment anyway. Um, now, United have set a, have set a, a, a precedent with Greenwood because, um, you know, legally, there are only allegations against Greenwood. Yep. And he was suspended for a year and a half before being loaned out. Now, is Anthony being shown favoritism because the manager likes him and he's a manager signing? Um, so they're going to try and ignore this for as long as possible. Um, really, he sh- if we're being consistent, he should be suspended. Uh, I think the circumstances are different, isn't it? Because with one, obviously, they couldn't contain the leaks. Uh, we got to see visuals and audio, which, uh, which greatly affected our opinion on that whole situation. Whereas with this, you know, we have to just see how it plays out, I guess. And yeah, um, it's 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 the last thing we needed right now. I mean, Anthony yeah. must have been before Anthony even signed for United. He must have been aware of mm-hmm. the allegations made against Greenwood. Why would he? Yeah. The club's already in a difficult position. Why would he yeah. go and do that? Um. He shouldn't be doing it anyway, obviously, but yeah, the, the timing of it just couldn't be worse. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Obviously, just in yeah, in light of recent events, the club has a duty of care to you know get on top of this and react in the right manner. If he did do it, of course. If, yeah, if he did, if he did, yeah. So that's that's the thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, I mean. Thomas Partey, uh, he wasn't suspended by Arsenal at any stage, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But like I'm saying, United were uh, made a precedent now with the way they suspended Greenwood. I know, yeah. like you say, there was more visual evidence there yep. and all that on- online. But yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing with this one. Like, listen, even well, depending on what happens, if this goes to court or whatever, depending on that, the club has set precedent. So you'd assume that once the police are done, like they would have to then conduct their own internal investigation, right? Yeah. If he's charged by police in Brazil, then that's it. He has to be suspended. Well, immediately yeah. Then. yeah. 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 If he's charged, then all that, that, that simple then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but if he's not, they've set precedent now where, you know, you need to then in, conduct your own investigation. And yeah, but the thing is, United, United are not qualified to carry out these no. investigations. <laughs> no, they're not. You know, they should be they should be done independently of the club because yes. I mean, for a start, Richard Arnold is an accountant. What the hell does mm-hmm. he know about criminal law? Yeah, <laughs> come on, uh, it's just an absolute mess. Um, from a purely selfish footballing point of view, I would like Anthony to be out of the team and replaced by Palestri. Um, 
because I'm just not impressed by Anthony at the moment. You know, I know Daniel on the previous podcast seems to be a big fan of Anthony. Mm. Um, people say he's a dog. You know, he's a workhorse. Um, but he, there needs to be a lot more to his game than that. You know, he's playing. There right does need to be a lot more. But again, it comes down to the fact that we pay double what he's worth. I think the disappointment comes where people see him and they expect eighty million pounds worth of player, and he's not that. He's never been that. No, and I don't think he's ever going to be that. If I'm yeah. based on the evidence that I've seen, I mean, um, it's still very early days, but you know that's yeah, that, that's a tall order for anyone to fulfil. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's so many elements that he needs to add to his game, from decision making to uh, you know, you making more use of his right foot. To yeah, there's loads of things. I was laughing at a video that somebody posted online earlier. Um, it was somebody put up a video of uh, Anthony, all his his skills on show at yeah. Ajax, and the quote and the tagline was, "You know what happened to this player?" And you're like, "Yeah, you do realize this is a highlight reel, and Anthony did not play like that in every game for Ajax." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the naivety of people online sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you edit those clips together, yeah, it can give a the wrong impression. Like, yeah, that's not how. Yeah. Do you remember when back in the day we used to be all naive watching yeah. YouTube clips? Uh-huh. Uh, and like I think Nani was a good example of that. Yeah, we yeah. all when YouTube was just it was the infancy of YouTube. Yeah. I'm watching yeah. Nani at Sporting Lisbon thinking, oh what a player he is. No, listen, yeah. the thing was Nani was unplayable like once every eight games. <laughs> yeah, that's really harsh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the thing. It's just that when you saw it in compilations, you were like, "Oh wow, yeah, this guy's gonna be like the next Ronaldo." Uh, I don't think Ronaldo exp- uh, uh, comparisons helped him. Uh, they were similar in age too, and yeah, yeah, didn't help. Uh, yeah, he, he had ability. Um, and he, yeah, he, he did. Produced, he produced some big yeah. moments in big games yeah. for United. I'll tell, I'll tell you what compilations. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll show you. Tell you a good example of when compilations led me astray. When we first signed Anderson, I went and researched him. And he was actually a very, very skillful player when he was at Porto. Uh, hardly any of which we saw translate over at Old Trafford. Because Ferry decided to use him as a number six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, Because they used him as a left-sided midfielder too. I wouldn't say a winger as such, but yeah, he played on the left as well. And proper Samba flair is what I saw from early Anderson. Yeah, I remember one game, uh, and actually was at Anfield, um, where United won one nil at Anfield in mm-hmm. the, the, the season where we won the league in Champions League, 07-08. And Anderson was brilliant in that game. I remember um, him absolutely roasting Steven Gerrard um, with a bit of skill in that game and yeah. all the runs that he went on. Mm-hmm. And that, that demonstrated the ability that he has, but we just never really seen it often enough. And then he was so successful in his first season. He yeah. seemed to just, uh, his motivation just left him after that. And I think so. And again, this is another thing, you know, when too much comes too soon from the money and the fame lifestyle, uh, you know, because there was a lot of young players in that squad at that time as well. And they all used to like to party from Ronaldo to Nani. You know, there was a whole group of them, Rooney. Yeah, and then... It became very, very obvious that Anderson was overweight, and I had no idea why <laughs> Ferg. How the yeah. hell was Fergie putting up, putting up with that? I mean, yeah. um, on METV and one of the tours to Australia, um, 
Rio Ferdinand at the time used to do like a tour derry with his own camcorder mm-hmm. and he was going around the team bus and there was um, Anderson talking in the packet of crisps and he's like put yeah. that camera away put that camera away yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's what I mean isn't it yeah so you know in terms of that sort of work ethic and not, not everybody has that discipline um, yeah yeah uh, yeah, I suppose when you do it all in your first season, then you can lose yeah. motivation. But Roy Keane would never have stood for that. You know? No, and no, no. In 99, some, Roy Keane said that some of the United players said that they didn't care if they never won uh, a trophy ever again. Listen, and, listen, and he's Dwight, like, listen, Dwight York asked Fergie for a year off. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to take a year off after the travel season. So, you know. <laughs> Well, you know what? Um, I, I would take that over uh, Paul Pogba. He wanted a year off after winning the World Cup, and that was the name of Paul United. Yeah, um, yeah. But Roy, Roy is a different kind of animal. You don't, you don't, you don't get those anymore. You don't get those anymore. You know, we often use him as a benchmark, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because loved it, loved it. Because even back then, because I remember in the, in the in the transfer window of 2001, right? It's the one where we went spent really big, where we got Van Nistelrooy and Seba Varon in. And Roy, uh, when, they, when they were talking to Roy, Roy was pissed off. He was like, yeah, but I wanted Lillian Taram as well. <laughs> yeah. And he was really pissed that he didn't come in. I was like, yeah. wow, we just spent like record amounts and this guy's still not satisfied. <laughs> you got to love his standards. They were just yeah. so high. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'd love, love it if one day they ever released the footage. Uh, you know of what happened in those yeah, yeah. I can imagine. No, as Fergie says, it was destroyed. It was destroyed. As yeah, if, as if it was like some kind of you know, criminal evidence or something like that. Yeah, honestly, destroyed. I'd love it. I'd love it. I, I'm sure he just was speaking his mind on what the rest of us were thinking at the time when we saw the likes of Jemba Jemba and Fletcher in his early days and uh, whatever they tried to do with Alan Smith. He was actually a very promising young striker, and then we absolutely ruined him by turning trying to turn him into Roy. <laughs> I know it was bizarre, really. Um, Very. I don't, what, I don't know what Fergie was doing there. Um, so, yeah, the Matsukushner quite rightly points out that the level of defending, obviously, is a lot poorer in their Eredivisie, so Anthony Mary mm. found it a bit easier. Uh, uh, he said he'd been watching Farnoid lately, and who won the league last year, I believe, and he says some of those teams are just, you know, bad. You know, yeah, yeah, I know that, but... Yeah, but again, it was just a highlight reel. So, you know, it, there's definitely no way that Anthony was producing the goods in every game for Ajax either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just not an 80, 85 million pound player. And now there's off the field issues and his performances uh, on the pitch kind of leads you to conclude that he's just not worth the hassle. Um, so yeah. this one's going to run and run and run. Um, let's see what the what the outcome of the legal process is and, mm-hmm. and make a decision, but it doesn't look good, but it could be good news for someone like Palestri um, to finally get Or maybe option. even Ahmad. Uh, both of them, I think, now will be looking ahead yeah. thinking, all right, well, yeah, or if, even, the two, if the two ahead of us have got issues, then, you know, this is our time. Yeah, forgot about him because he's been injured for a while, but yeah. um, Sancho as well, maybe... This could give Sancho a reprieve. Um, if Anthony is, has to be suspended, mm-hmm. Ten Hag will not be as keen to get rid of Sancho then, probably. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, for, for me, I mean, there's still hope there. Um, I, I hope that they can fix that. 
provided they don't, you know, pay attention to the media and things. But who knows? Who knows? It's not a good look. Um, obviously, in that statement, you know, he alluded to some other things as well, which I didn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan. He's been very cryptic there, wasn't he? Yeah, very cryptic of whatever that's about. And that's, an, yeah, you know, you're just inviting media attention, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. And Benidri Media says that Anthony needs a good slap. Um. <laughs> uh, probably not, Dre. I think that's one of the things that got him into this predicament in the first place. Allegedly. Yeah, very, ah. very poor choice of words there. Mm. Um, yeah. Um. So, we have got Brighton coming up in our next game next Jesus. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> After all of this, that's what we've got to look forward to. Bloody Mitoma running at our defence. Oh. Oh. And Evan Ferguson, fresh off of a hat-trick. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Ferguson has missed Ireland's games against France on Holland. And may may not may not be fit for that United game, but it'd just be our luck that he would miss the. It'll be of... our luck. It would be our luck that he's <laughs> missed the internationals and he's fully fit now for that game. <laughs> yeah, and he scored a hat trick in his last game against Newcastle. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, kid looks special. I mean, you mentioned it last season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, as soon as the hat trick went in against Newcastle, I was thinking yeah. there's another. T- 20 million on to the asking price. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Listen, they're, they're getting over 100 million for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, now, United Brighton games tend to be absolute titanic battles. Um, you know, last season, I don't think we actually beat them in normal time. We nope. beat them on pen- penalties in the FA Cup. Uh, yep. We lost 1 0 at uh, Brighton, but it was a very good competitive game. There was lots of chances at yeah, both yeah. ends. And they beat us at Old Trafford, didn't they? I think it was two one that yeah. one. That was yeah. Tenag's first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. Casemiro and Anthony, you know, had the, mm. much of our business hadn't even been mm. done at that point. It was very, very early on. And um, was it the season before where we got completely annihilated? Where it was just oh, yeah, dominating yeah, midfield yeah. and we that just was, got bypassed. That was Ranyak United. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the players didn't even care anymore. Yeah, it's just yeah, but recent history, it's just it's not nice against Brighton, you know. Damn. Um, <laughs> but in the in the FA Cup, we, I mean, United players that they, they had to absolutely give everything, everything to overcome them. Yeah, and I tell you what, Casado proper put himself on the shot window in that game. Um, none of which we've seen at Chelsea thus far, by the way. Uh, yeah, so. even horrendous, horrendous for Ecuador last night, I believe. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Against Argentina, um, yeah, so yeah, 115 million probably weighing him down. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in the FA Cup semi final, too. But um, we'll all remember that game for Lindelof's winning penalty at the end. And apparently, Lindelof for both Sweden and United has a great record yeah. from the spot, so it's certainly something to consider if you know Bruno's not available to, to yeah. penalty. Um, yeah, so expecting, and we're at home. We have a great home record. You know, our last yep. home defeat in the Premier League was Brighton at the beginning of last <laughs> season, like we like we touched on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, hopefully United can you know get a narrow win here. Um, I don't think we're going to hammer them, of course yeah. not, because it's it's always competitive between the two teams. Um, but yeah, I would like to get a win against Brighton in normal time for a change. Um, yeah, but we'll certainly do a preview of that show next Friday. 
um, or that match, sorry. Um, mm. But oh, yeah, so Amrabat um, has withdrawn from international duty. Um, hopefully, it's a precaution and not a serious injury, because hopefully, I'm going to the Brighton game and I would love to be there for Amrabat debut. Would yeah. you believe that I actually was there for Bruno Fernandez's debut? Um, I seem to. You have a knack of uh... well, let's hope <laughs> that his debut is similar to when you went to see Bruno. <laughs> yeah, well, I want the result to be different though, because it, oh, well. <laughs> it was a nil nil draw with Wolves, um, which another one of those dire games involving United and Wolves. Um, but yeah, um, I- I'd love to see another debut. Um, everyone else pretty much made their debut at this point. Um, yeah. so he's the last one left. No Regulon, no Regulon could make his debut. Regulon well. could as well, in it, yeah. Um, yeah. But finally, I wanted to touch on this. Now, Hoyland's cameo against Arsenal was very exciting. Um, but yes, it was for definite. But perhaps we have been exaggerating it because we've been so starved of watching a number nine do number nine things mm-hmm. <laughs> for quite a while. I think there's um, definitely an element of that. But when you look at like just the raw potential, the fact that he's only 20 years old, the fact that he's six foot three and he can accelerate and he took on physical defenders like Gabriel, like it was nothing with no fear. I mean, you can't help but get excited, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's this is only the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to come. Um, like if, like I said earlier, if Rashford had played him in in that counter-attack, he scores. Um, yeah, yeah. It would have been the perfect it's, debut. I, I did watch that back a few times as well. It is very difficult. It's a difficult ball. I know it looks very easy, but, you know, at the pace that he's moving at and everything. And in terms of Rashi's decision-making, we know what that's about. But in time, I'm hoping uh, positionally as well, like, you know, that will uh, it'll work itself out. I think Hoyland as well, positionally, he'll know more about what Rashi can do and adjust himself accordingly. Yeah, um, and also that the, the flick and the build-up to the Garnacho goal was uh, was mm-hmm. mouthwatering as well. Um, and just the way he, he can hold the uh, he can hold the ball up, he was being a battering ram, um, getting stuck into Gabriel. He decided to target him. Um, he's going to come deep, uh, get involved yep. in the link play. Um, I think he's, he could revolutionise our attack, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about this one. Now, Rashford, um, like I said, he was a well-taken goal. We've seen him do that many times. Um, but there was elements of his performance, again, not just, not just the decision-making, but the when Arsenal had the ball, he's just standing still. He's not marking yeah. anybody. He's not doing anything. Now this is a this is a far cry from the Rashford that made his debut against Mitchelland and Arsenal all those years ago. You know the young, enthusiastic eighteen-year-old mm-hmm. uh, running everywhere, putting himself about. Now he behaves like a superstar. He behaves like he's Ronaldo, and um, he doesn't want to do anything when you now don't have the ball. Um, I just find that a bit frustrating, really. How do you see it, Brush? Uh, with regard to that, though, what I will say is, obviously, last season, uh, we relied him, relied on him so much, uh, even to the point where we were rushing him back from injury at certain points. Um, so I think now, into your 20s, well into your 20s, I think you have to sort of learn to take better care of yourself. So it might seem as if you're not giving everything by not running around, but maybe you're just uh, being a bit more intelligent conservative yeah. it's just obviously as fans it's not nice to see but i can only assume that it's somewhat more you know organized 
and there's method to the madness. Yeah, and he's but he every single fifty fifty he pulls out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But you can like I, like Sancho with Dortmund, there was a lot of issues there as well. But mm-hmm. he in 137 games he got fifty goals and fifty seven assists. Yep. So if Rashford keeps producing the goals, then we can ignore that stuff. Um, yeah. This season so far, though, he's had one goal in four games. He's obviously going to have to improve on that quite a bit mm-hmm. um, to get to satisfactory numbers. Now, there's been a, a lot of debate as to whether he can get 30 goals again or not. What do you think, Rush? Yeah, I, I would debate that too. Uh, I mean, last season I was very impressed. Uh, I think that's pretty much his ceiling, if I'm being honest. Like, if he can get what he did last season, if he can just keep replicating that, I'll be satisfied. I think the trouble is, though, that people see what he did last season and they still accept him, uh, expect him to, to push on and build on that. Uh, and that's where it gets uh, tricky. Yeah, hopefully Hoyland can take some of the pressure off him in terms of the goal scoring. and they can, Definitely. They can share it. Uh, and obviously, want, Bruno didn't quite get the amount of goals I would have hoped last season. Hopefully, he can mm. improve on that this season. Um, yeah. Yeah, output-wise, I probably put more on Bruno this season. Uh, in terms of Hoyland, we have to we have to manage our expectations. Uh, he's so young; um, it is talent and potential at this stage, and nothing more. Uh, and we must remember that even last season, I mean, he's not prolific. You know, like it's going to take time for that to come. I think with with Hoyland, even in games where he doesn't score. He's going to impress the fans with his performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he'll do stuff, you know. Uh, he'll he'll link up and 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 occupy positions, and he'll do things off the ball that uh, make the fans adore him. But yeah, it's just that ultimately goals are what strikers are judged on, right? I just hope that the criticisms aren't too much too soon. Yeah, well, you you'll see opposition fans on the media getting stuck into him if he goes on a goal drive. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we already saw it when he arrived, didn't we, Carl? Where you know they were making stupid comparisons to Haaland. Uh, it doesn't help that their names are similar. Yeah. Um, this is crap. Um, yeah, I would love to see us play against City and 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 um, Holland upstage Haaland, but I'm I'm dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah. that might literally be a dream because that cyborg over there, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna—he's already on. Uh, he's got at how much has he scored last? He's already on like six goals or something. He's got more goals than games. Yeah, and you know, even in a game against uh, Sheffield United, where for yeah. most people that would be a nightmare, but he still scored in the end. Um, he, I think he missed a penalty, he missed a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he made him miss another chance, but eventually he scored a header at the back post. So even when he's playing badly, he's not putting chances away. Eventually he's just going to score. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's you know that's elite mindset that uh, to still keep your concentration and to still keep going. And that's something that a lot of players develop a bit later on into their careers. The fact that he's got that about him at the age of twenty-two is very impressive. Yeah, and and Hoyland is not even the same player as him. They're different. No, he's types not. Of they're completely different players. Yeah, you know, there might be a st- I think Hoyland um, might do kind of when he's in his peak, he might do Wayne Rooney numbers in terms of goals. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to do 
Haaland numbers at any stage of his career. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either, to be honest. But that that's a freak of nature though, isn't it? He's just a pure goal scorer. Yeah, and And there's flaws to his game as well. So if he develops that then what? And if I'm being honest, he should win he should win the Ballon d'Or, not Lionel Messi. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, with that, though, I mean, the whole voting process is utterly ridiculous. Um, yeah, the whole... It is largely meaningless, to be fair, uh, the trophy now. Um, it's very... Really Lewandowski got, got robbed of it. There's been loads of players over the years that have been deserving and haven't got it, from Wesley Schneider to, you know... Yeah, uh, to, as to, great uh, as Messi Ribery. is... Yeah. He's got a one or two there that he didn't really deserve. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's all journalists and the voting. It's all it's all ridiculous, really. So I don't pay too much mind. But yeah, I, I do think out of the two, Haaland, after the year he's had, he's definitely deserving. Yeah, but let's see. Um, uh, yeah, you as you point out, Lewandowski should have won it in twenty twenty and it was given to Messi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was there was the one year as well. I think the COVID season they just. Uh, they done away with the award, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah. The one that he should have won, they gave it away to Messi, I think. And then the COVID one, they just, they didn't, there was no winner. They just scrapped the whole thing. And that could have gone to him too. Should have gone to him. You think they could have done like a, done it virtually or something like that? You know, uh, yeah, know. yeah. I mean, the only league that closed early during COVID was probably the French one. Um, but yeah, the majority of seasons still, you know, enough football was played that they could have determined that Lewandowski would have got it. Yeah, definitely. And the the Bundesliga was the first league to return. Um, mm-hmm. No surprise to see the Germans being efficient. Is there, <laughs> um, so we shall wrap it up there. If everyone could please subscribe to the channel, like the video, get more of your comments in. And Brish, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully catch you next time with United... Um... Celebrating three points. We tend to say that a lot these days, but yeah, I hope you're right. And I shall see you later. (laughs) Take care.